Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson. Michael Brunt's here on a June morning that BC has described as nice. <laughs> you know, That's my so vocabulary. That, yeah, I mean, look, he's he's a writer. He's got that thesaurus for a reason. I would say it's good, nice, swell. Pleasant? Yeah. Um, it's hammock weather. That's There's no doubt about that. As, as I told you guys, I'm going to treat myself to a little 20-minute sway after this podcast. If we do it well. If we don't, I won't. So what's the process before you get into the hammock? Do you, like, make yourself a nice little drink? Do you make sure the table is close by? Do you have a book? Or do you just climb into that sucker? I bring a coffee out that I usually eventually spill on myself. Um, <laughs> and I put a towel down because there's some... Some people probably wouldn't even get in it because there's a little, the birds occasionally have a little bit of a say about how the hammock is decorated. Um, so I put a towel down over it. Yeah, there's not much to it. Bruns, do you spill coffee as much as BC does? He, <laughs> I, I've seen him do it. And Brian will, you drive without a to go mug. Like you just. Yeah. <laughs> roll with like your standard old coffee mug like i would never do like you're just asking for like a kramer jackie Childs situation like which i've had happen yeah yeah you don't want to you don't want to have to put the bomb on i've i've uh i've showed up to a couple practices probably looking like i uh i peed my pants or something because i <laughs> we just need to get you a top it's not brain surgery like let's put a little put a little top on that thing I, I sort of like the mug, like, I, I don't know. It's just like a, it's a vibe you get when you hold the mug and it's right there. It's sort of like, uh, who's the guy on uh, Office Space who's the... Um, Bill Lumberg. Yeah, the boss. Yeah, you, uh, I sort of hold it like that. And it's sort of like a little game. Like, let's see if I cannot spill it. Um, it's really stupid, I know. Can we, get, uh, can we get an edit made of BC with a cup of coffee and then it just says, it's a vibe? <laughs> <laughs> Topless coffee, it's a vibe. Yeah. I one of, my, uh, one of my favorite game day memories in the Scott Frost era was going to the Michigan State game in 2018. BC rolls up at my house to pick me up. We're going to drive there. And we end up having to use my car because he had spilled coffee all over the passenger seat. <laughs> seconds before i was to get in well play with fire yeah home as they say i guess anyways all right there's uh there's enough banter i suppose let's dive into the meat and potatoes of this podcast which is commitments nebraska's picked up three i think since the last time we talked ashton hayes last thursday grant page on sunday and jake applegate on sunday uh, where do, which which one of those three do you guys want to start with? What, I know I know who I want to start with. I was just asked about him on a radio show, and I don't know as much about him as you guys. Ashton Hayes. Um, a person was like, what was the reason for the take here? And so I, I think you should give what you like about him. Well, I think the reason is that Nebraska was going to take a running back in this class. They, they don't have that many targets. I mean, Ashton Hayes and Justin Williams are the two that have visited. I think Justin Williams would be the top of the board. At the same time, you're not sure if you're going to get them. Plus, there's this guy in Ashton Hayes that kind of fits a couple different roles on Nebraska's offense. He's someone that can play as a running back, can be used as a slot wide receiver. 
you can kind of motion him and use him in different ways. He's got great top end speed, a uh, little bit of a home run threat potential. And I think that the staff and he really connected on the official visit and the zooms leading up to it. I mean, he's a guy that really seems to kind of embody what the staff likes and, and what they want. Um, he's kind of a, kind of a no nonsense sort of guy and, it's uh, it's going to be fun to to have him involved. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, here's kind of what I've wondered. So you you mentioned Williams um, and Hayes and kind of that whole dynamic of how the board sets up. Um, same with um, wide receiver, which we can get into with Grant Page and Landon Sampson. Um, but it seems like obviously they have a, a number one on their board. I think. But Hayes and Page seem like guys that were very close to – they were like 1A, if that yeah. – like, is that fair to say? No, I think that's fair. I also think that the reality in recruiting is if, if you can get the number two guy on your board and you don't know what the number one guy is going to do, why would you scoff at that? I, you know, like, I, I don't think the difference between Justin Williams and Ashton Hayes is – is enormous by any means, just like I don't think the difference between Landon Sampson and Grant Page are. So if, if you can get the the second guy and you're not sure what's going to happen with the first guy and you can potentially make room if you need to, it just seems like the sort of thing you kind of have to do. Like that's you, you have to compromise a little bit in terms of recruiting. And, and I don't think Nebraska took a big step down with either of these two commitments. Yeah. It, and I mean, you look at Hayes's numbers, um, there's a lot of production there. And obviously Northern Nevada, not, you know, peak competition for what you would get probably in the Las Vegas area or the Bay area or other, other areas around there. But, um, you know, a, a guy that has been extremely productive during his high school career already. Um, you know, I, I think he, the things that he can do well, I think fit well with what Nebraska needs at that running back spot. I don't think he's kind of an every down grinded out type no. back, but I think he's a guy that can be a, not a change of pace, but, but a different look maybe than what you'd get from like a Gabe Irvin or a Marquis. You know, they, they want a Maurice Washington. Yeah. They don't, they haven't replaced his production, his sort of, uh, you know, what he does to a defense. They just, they don't have that. Uh, Ramir Johnson isn't that. Savion Morrison potentially could be that, uh, but we don't know because he hasn't been healthy enough to play. But that's a big part of this offense that once you look at the numbers post-Maurice Washington, you go to that Northwestern game, which is the last one that he was involved in, and Nebraska's offense drops off the map at that point. I mean, they, they had a really nice day against Maryland. Otherwise they were largely, you know, a 20, 21 point team for the most part. Mm -hmm. And it is evident that they need a change of pace at running back uh, to, to sort of make this offense work. If they aren't just willing to, to ride uh, one guy for, for 25 carries, which they've shown they haven't been willing to do. So I think there's a lot of value in having someone like that, that can hurt a defense by being a, a pass catching threat out of the backfield that you can, you can put in motion, you can line them up against the linebacker. You can get some easy throws. He has big play potential, which is just, you know, nowhere to be found on Nebraska's roster in 2020. I mean, the, the two guys that sort of had it, you know, 
did something every now and then, but you weren't getting like these giant chunk plays. I mean, that's, that's kind of what Nebraska is searching for. And that's what they're hoping with Ashton Hayes. Yeah. I think we have, uh, I think we have Brian Christopherson back with us. He fell just, out of the hammock. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you, what were you guys talking about? We, we got to start getting together in person again. Yeah. We, haven't had, we haven't had this uh, malfunction happen in a while though. Of course it would come from my end. Well, do, B, BC Brunts and I want to know, did you spill coffee on your computer? <laughs> no, that would have, that would have been justice, but, uh, I don't know where I cut off. I asked, I tried to ask about Ashton Hayes and then yeah. we were just you finishing up question, Ashton Hayes. and then you ran away. So I didn't get to hear. Well, I'll come back and listen. I'll be like a listener. <laughs> I won't make you repeat it for me. No, Brian, what I did, I, I compared him, and he even used these words, too. He, they were showing him highlights of Maurice Washington, and I think that's what Nebraska wants from him. They they want somebody that has a little big play potential, has some uh, home run speed, and can do some things out of the backfield as a receiver, in addition to, to carrying the ball every now and then. He's not a Dedrick Mills. He's not a Gabe Irvin. He's not a Marvin Scott. He's a different running back than those three but Nebraska hasn't really replaced that production they lost with Maurice Washington. And I think Ashton Hayes is a step in that direction. Maybe Savion Morrison is, but I, that's, that's what it, it seemed like to me. And then in addition to it, they, you know, Justin Williams and Landon Sampson seem like they're the number one at the positions respectively. But Brunts and I were also talking about how, you know, if you're in Nebraska, you just have to grab these guys that want in. And then if you have to make space, you have to make space, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to get caught not getting an Ashton Hayes because you're so fixated on Justin Williams. All right. Well, thanks for the uh, summary. So um, what, what's just your, your general thought, I guess on that last point though, like the idea of if you can get your number two, it's better to do that than potentially falling even further down the board if you don't get the one. No, it makes sense to me because, um, uh, well, I could use a specific example where this, where Nebraska, I think, did this with another staff once and it backfired. It was when Keith Williams, I think, was a very good recruiter, but the one year they kind of put a couple people at wide res- at the top of their wide receiver board that they thought were going Are to you be talking about there. Fitzpatrick? Yeah, one of them. And, but there were there and who I forget the guy that they passed on, but why should um, come? Maybe. Um, but all I know is that that was a year where they worked themselves into it's either an all or nothing with a guy. And uh, it kind of ended up being close to nothing um, with what they got out of that class. And maybe that's a bad example, but point point being that's what can happen. So I, I think you're right. It, yeah, and there's always a I know the numbers have sort of been like, oh, it's going to be 15 people. I don't know. We'll see. That's always a fluid. That that thing moves around a little bit. So I, I'm sure if uh, if Landon wanted to jump aboard or Justin Williams, they could they could maybe figure out a way. Well, now that you're back with us, do you want to dive into a little bit of conversation about Jake Applegate? Um, because I, I believe you spoke with him on Sunday after that commitment. Yeah, um, I think you guys would agree. Uh, having watched him last fall, uh, he was a he was a great example of a guy who even during the messed up COVID year uh, went out and got his. Like he he just kept making plays enough that you know the local program, I think, just like we're gonna have to bring this guy in as soon as possible and get an up close look at him. And they did. And I think Nebraska showed him 
by making him one of the first workout guys at the beginning of June, this is, you're valuable to us to, we want to see what you got. You know, you're at the front of the line here and he ran, he's a bigger guy and he ran a four, six flat 40. Uh, you guys have seen him. He's a great at high pointing catches and has made some really outstanding catches like one-on-one as a receiver. So he's got that type of athleticism. So it sort of became blurry about what position he would play, but he told me he, they figured it out and outside linebackers probably where he starts. He sat down with Mike Dawson on Sunday and they went through, this is what, how we see you. This is how we'd use you. And it, it really, it computed. It, it, it just looked like this is, this fits. And uh, I think he's always kind of wanted Nebraska to be the school, but if Nebraska had not offered him right away, he might've been one of those cases where we're talking about how other schools in the Midwest region are going after him. And suddenly it's one of those negative in-state recruiting stories. I saw, I saw him at the seven, uh, the seven on seven camp that Nebraska had last Sunday, two Sundays ago. Um, and I, you know, from last year, what really stood out about Jake was I, I thought he was in the fall. Fantastic on offense. Like I, I think, he's a really tough matchup for defensive backs and linebackers and safeties in the state of Nebraska. I was impressed with how he moved laterally at his size um, in, in coverage in that seven on seven work. That was kind of what I was watching a little bit um, when he was out there participating. But um, I mean, going back to last fall, I mean, I think he's a guy that um, we all kind of thought was going to be a Nebraska offer guy eventually needed to be a Nebraska offer guy eventually. I mean, I just think he's one of those guys that no matter where you would put him, he would, he would find a way to be productive or make plays like kind of the Bo Pelini voice. He's a good football player kind of, kind of thing. So that's kind of what stood out to me. I, I was, I was glad I got to see him a little bit more on defense um, this past couple of weeks. Cause I think that's uh kind of sold me on him being able to play outside linebacker too, which is a tough place to kind of transition to from high school to college. Yeah. I, I really liked Applegate when I watched him play against Lincoln East. And then I saw him again when they played, um, when they played Elkhorn South last year. And he was actually, he popped more for me on offense than he did on defense, but that was because it seemed like whenever they needed a play or if it was like third and 17, they were just going to throw a jump ball to him. And he came down with it more often than not. And that just kind of tells you about his athleticism. And we've talked about this on the podcast and I think I, I've annoyed people with it, but Nebraska is not going to get a plug and play outside linebacker very often. If ever, like they, they need to get guys like Jake Applegate and others and unlock things in them in the development at Nebraska in order to find, you know, these sort of outside linebackers. And the other thing that is worth mentioning is that Nebraska is kind of piecemealing the outside linebacker spot to a degree. It's not like there's a lot of guys that are going to be playing every down for them out there. It's guys that have different strengths that they can match up. Feldarius Payne is going to be someone you try to get after the quarterback a little bit and you match him up with someone who's maybe a little bit better at playing in space and you platoon it, you know, it's kind of like the the corner outfield adage. If you're a Cleveland or an, uh, an Oakland fan, you know, you don't get like one guy, you have to have two. You know, you want the guy against lefties and you want the guy against righties. I mean, they're platooning their linebackers to a degree. And I think that makes as much sense as anything else, because again, 
those immediate can come in and play every snap linebackers are very hard to find. And especially in a three, four defense and, and Nebraska just has to continue to get better at developing them and, and taking the shots where they can. And doing that with somebody with Jake Applegate's athleticism to me makes all the sense in the world. I don't know if this will, will make sense or not, but when Garrett Nelson was a recruit, I remember thinking, I don't know how high his ceiling is, but I know that he's got a solid base floor that he's coming off of that where you're going to get something out of that guy. Like I know he's going to be a guy who gets to this program and he's going to at least be a solid player. And then if there's more beyond that, that's great. I feel like so far with this class, there's a lot of guys like that. And I'm not saying that in a negative way at all. I'm saying that in a year like that, that's, I get it. Like the, you want those guys where you feel like there's real substance here where you know you're at least going to get something out of them. And then it's like, how much though, can you make that, you know, how high that ceiling is? I don't know. Maybe these guys aren't going to be rated as four stars when it's all said and done. Uh, but you know that you've got guys who are going to contribute and play a couple years and give you some good snaps. And I feel that way about Jake Applegate sort of as a recruit. And that's to me, always a good starting point. Some might wish, the ceiling were higher on a few of these guys, but I don't think we know what it is yet. And um, it made me think of Garrett Nelson for some reason. Cause I always thought when he was a recruit, like he's going to, he'll play a lot here, how good he is and how it can he be an all conference guy. I don't know, but he's going to give you something. And I think there's a lot of guys like that in this class. We haven't talked a lot about Grant page and he is uh, he just is another classic kind of wide receiver. The Huskers have brought in over the last couple classes, big body uh, can run a little bit, maybe isn't a straight line burner, but he's definitely not slow. And then when I've talked to him, he seems to feel very strongly about his ability to go up and make a play when necessary, but also that he's a, a pretty refined route runner already in high school. When, and I think Brunts has spoken with him. What do, you, what do you guys kind of make of, of Grant Page and, and how he fits in that wide receiver room? He kind of – he, he th- there's definitely a type that, that Nebraska is going after with the size. Nebraska has a type. They've got a type. The type has changed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, – you've got to be at least – aside from Will, Nix, Will Nixon, I guess you've got to be at least 6'2 to ride the ride. So, um, you know, for, for Grant Page, he's another kid that – has been extremely productive. Um, you know, I, I think he's got another one of those guys that can go up and get the ball. Um, you know, Nebraska, I think, dialed in really early on him. Um, and, and he was kind of the another example of a guy that didn't just hear from Matt Lubick. He heard from Scott Frost daily. He heard from uh, other people on the program daily. Um and, and Nebraska really went out of their way to make it known that he was a priority for them. And, you know, it was kind of Nebraska and K-State for him towards the end, but I, I think Nebraska really zeroed in on a guy that was towards the top of their board and they reeled him in. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see, I guess, you know, what, what direction his career goes, but I think there's a lot to like just from a, you know, numbers point of view and, and also just another guy that, you know, is a, a big physical wide receiver um, to, to, to hopefully be able to develop a little bit. Excellent. BC, any thoughts on Grant Page? 
Uh, I think Brunt summed it up well. I, I won't pretend that I know more about Grant Page than either of you guys. So um, I do enjoy that Brunt is doing this podcast and sort of a chat. He's got his video on and sort of shadowy. It's like we're like a scene from Citizen Kane or something. It's, he's, it's, very, <laughs> it's very artistic. All of a sudden the camera pans. To the, <laughs> the, the sled is just sitting on the top shelf. Rosebud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for the 97% of the people who didn't get that reference, we're just going to move on. And uh, we'll take a little bit of a break. We're going to come back. It was a good camp weekend for Nebraska. Several offers went out. Uh, Very intriguing young quarterback on campus. Actually, two of them were on campus. So we're going to dive into all of that. Uh, We'll talk a little about how camp season has gone for the Huskers and what it might mean moving forward when we return here on the Husker 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And we are back. All right. So would it be fair to say that Dylan Riola, the son of Dominic Riola, Nebraska's famed center uh, in the early 2000s, late 90s, stole the show for the, the most recent Friday Night Lights camp. And when he trotted out on the field about halfway through the camp and all eyes seemed to go on him immediately. Yes. Would you agree, Bruns? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that was, that was the, uh, a very anticipated throwing session, um, given his family background. And also, I mean, it, even if his last name wasn't Rayola, I mean, he, he's a good quarterback, um, really good quarterback and there's some pretty impressive balls. Um, yeah, I, I was, I, I think eyes were glued there and, what would you think, Brian? What, well, I, I took this poor iPhone video, you know, this shot of him. And you can barely – at first, you don't know where he's at. It's like, where's Waldo? Where's the QB? you got to kind of find where the quarterback is in the shot. And then suddenly you see the football flying out of it, like 50 yards on a pretty much a rope. And uh, – it spoke for itself. Like it, it, he hit his, his throw uh, sold the video because of the, the ball was traveling at such a pace. And uh, you know, they, this guy is 15 years old. You're not supposed to be able to do that at that age. 
Now the, I guess the knock on him, if you want to try to have a knock on him is he hasn't played a varsity snap yet, or at least started a varsity game. So it's kind of a weird deal, but we have to remember he was already offered by Georgia and TCU and Washington state before he came to Nebraska. Now he's getting an offer like every day. And that's basically how it's going to be for the rest of the year. I mean, he's going to have every offer he wants when it's all said and done. Uh, But the thing I liked about him, I got a chance to talk to him a few days before he got to the camp. And first off, he's a super nice kid. Like, I mean, he's just super uh, friendly. And uh, I get, I told you guys, he called me Mr. Brian, which I enjoyed. Um, And he, He's also confident though. He's sort of, he's sort of like, I've trained for this. I've, I've had my dad's teachings. Um, he's taught me a lot about how to read defenses. Uh, my, his coach in high school is John Kitna, who uh, was played in the NFL quarterback and his son, Jalen Kitna went to Florida just last year. Uh, so he's been around, you know, some of the better minds that have played at the top level in this game. And uh, so he, I don't think he feels a lot of pressure when he shows up to camp. He knows he has the tools. It's like, all right, let's keep, you know, warm up this arm, do a few, uh, few whirls with the arm, like the old guys before they play softball. And I'm going to show what I can do. And he, he, it was impressive. I, 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 I also like that he plays baseball and he plays catcher in the Texas heat and, and sort of embraces that toughness part. So there's a lot of things that are good about him. I yeah, the- I was I was really impressed. I you know, we've we've seen some quarterbacks come through, but he put on as good of a display in terms of throwing as, as really anybody. And I was actually surprised he had a really nice touch, like uh, it, which is is a you know rarity with with quarterbacks, especially in a setting like this. But he was just dropping balls in in some really kind of tough angles, tough spots, and I know it was just against uh, air and the, the one defender, but he was basically giving his wide receiver a chance to win every time out, which is what you want. And it just was remarkable for someone that like Brian said, is still several years away. And then you just get the sense that this would be a huge, huge piece for Nebraska moving forward. And obviously we're talking about a 2024 quarterback. So there's a lot that has to happen between now and whatever a commitment could theoretically come. But I, I really have to believe that he becomes a de facto top target. And then it was a lot of fun just letting your mind wander a little bit. Like the guys he was throwing to were Ben Bramer and Davon Hall, you know, potential future teammates if the Huskers were able to get them. And those guys aren't, you know, they're pretty good. Ben Bramer, I continue to believe that if Ben Bramer wanted to do the camp circuit, he'd be a top 100 player in the 2023 class. We'll see how that plays out, how 24-7 sports wants to rank him, uh, being a small-town kid from Pierce, Nebraska, who likely isn't going to go to any camps. So um, we'll we'll see how that goes. But, you know, it was easy to let my mind wander when I was watching that on Friday night, for sure. Did, did you know uh, Matt Harrion also came from Pierce, Nebraska? I heard about Matt Harrion, yeah. Okay, just making sure. He was a tight end. He was best known for uh, the play where Nebraska would pretend to run the option, and then all of a sudden he'd be wide open by 70 yards. I just like how every time Ben Bramer's name comes up, uh, there's usually the comma from the same town as Matt Herring. He's going to be attached to that for the rest of his life, I guess. That seems like a fun game that we should play is picking towns in Nebraska and aligning which 
former Husker most represents that town. You have Matt Harry in for Pierce. That's done. But we should uh, we should do that for some other towns. I think it's a good way to pass time. The, the, the thing that I think maybe also bodes well for Nebraska. With Rayola and, and Brian, you might be able to speak to this a little bit more too, but it's, it seemed like he had a good sense of like what, ne- what his name means at Nebraska. And also the, the fact that that Nebraska offer meant, meant something more in, in kind of the scheme of things because of that. Because, yeah. they, you know, Nebraska's offered legacies in the past, and I feel like sometimes, you know, from, from the fan point of view or even from the media, it's like, okay, well, this kid's a legacy, so therefore, like, it means more when it, it might actually not. Um, you know, a kid grows up in another area or, or whatever and doesn't really have an appreciation for that. But I got the sense from – from your story and, and kind of seeing, you know, the way that Dylan Rayola was kind of interacting with people that he understood that, you know, look, you're, you're, my dad's name is on the wall of the stadium up there. Um, this is a big deal that I'm here. This offer is a big, you know what I mean? Like it seemed mm-hmm. like he was aware of that, but not kind of overcome by that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Even in his announcement that he had got the offer, he talked about family, you know, this is family. And uh, you have to also think about the players that were connected to his father when he was a Husker great. I mean, his dad came in when Scott Frost was still here uh, in 97, was ending his career. Um, he played with Matt Davison, um, Eric, Eric Crouch, uh, who they visited uh, on, on that Friday, and he got to hold the Heisman and stuff like that. So um, there's sort of this group of guys that his father – is connected with that are the central figures in the Nebraska program right now. Um, and, you know, everybody remembers Dominic Riola. That was a proud, proud player. Um, and he was part of the last championship team at Nebraska, the last conference championship team. And so I'm sure it's something that gets talked about in their household about where Husker football is, where it needs to go. I'm, I, I guarantee you Dominic Riola still follows it closely um, so it doesn't surprise me he's that way, but that, that I will say this for a guy who is his age to do inter, an interview the way he did, he was as impressive as any kid. I, I rarely get a chance to talk to guys who are only like freshmen in high school, but I mean, he was just so mature um, and he's ready for this. Like you can tell, like, this is a guy who can handle this process. Who's not going to get beaten up by it. Who's not going to let it go to his head. He knows he's good, but he doesn't make a big deal about it. He just goes out and shows it. So I, I was, I liked everything about him the first week more than just his throws, but all the outside stuff that you're sort of getting at too. All right. Great stuff there uh, from Mr. BC. And let's, uh, let's go ahead and finish this up. Do you guys think Nebraska will add another commitment or two before we talk again next Tuesday? <clears throat> yes. Uh, yeah. We've got one yes and we have one um. I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like, oh, uh, yeah. All right. Do I'll either say, you want to put a name on that commitment? 
Go um, ahead, bro. I got I got one name that I'm kind of thinking you, of. Okay. You can go ahead. I think there might be a couple guys that I have in mind. I would say I'm going to say the next to pop, and you can tell me why I'm wrong because maybe I am. Is Valen Erickson or Valen Erickson? Yeah, I I mean I Your wrote line. that story yesterday. That's I think the odds-on favorite right now. Okay. Well, they're they're kind of in a holding pattern right now with the offensive line, right? They, they want yep. to bring Jake uh, Makula like, in. Yeah. And then uh, I think after that, you might see a little movement there based on how that visit goes. I'll say they get two commitments before uh, – nah, one more. One more before the month ends. That's what I'll – I'll stop there. All right. BC says one. Brunt says one. I'll go one. Do you want to put a name on it? Uh, Erickson was who I was thinking of. Um, Be a clean sweep for Erickson. I'm expecting that commit by the end of the month. Uh, a couple other guys to keep an eye on. Avery Powell. You've got Tyler Martin, two guys from out east that appear to be down to just a couple schools. So we'll see how it plays out there. And then, you know, I think Justin Williams' timeline has changed. We'll see where Nebraska falls in that regard. Nico Davalier is looking to make a decision here this weekend i think that's probably going to be arkansas but there's things are happening it's picking up it's it's a different feel than it did certainly in april and uh and may so you know nebraska's on the right track and, and as we talked about if they take somewhere between 16 to 18 people i mean they're getting close to having half their class filled so that's a good sign too one last question did you do you like how they sectioned off their visits? I mean, as you sort of look through how they plan their June and maybe where they stopped with their visits, saving them for the fall, how do you feel it played out? I think they, they made an effort to kind of go get uh, after some of their top end guys and see if they could get some decisions made there before they sort of move on. I mean, I think defensive line is going to be the thing that takes the longest in this class. Uh, that was true last year too, in no small part, because I think, Tony Tuioti's targets tend to be a little bit further out. And so therefore those relationships take a little longer. Um, that being said, I anticipate again, you, you start getting a couple, you start getting a couple, uh, you start getting a couple commitments and things could go quickly because you're, you're working against scarcity uh, so to speak. So, We'll see how it all plays out, but I anticipate, again, like I said, another commit or two here this month, and, and we'll see where Nebraska's at as we go into July next Tuesday. There you have it. I don't know if I earned a hammock sit or not with that with this appearance, but I'm going to take it no matter what. We feel like you did everything asked of you, and that's really all anyone could need or want. So, BC, enjoy that coffee. Try not to spill it. Enjoy the hammock. Brunts, I don't know what it is that you do. Um, hopefully you get out of witness protection or whatever you're in right now, and uh, we'll talk to you again later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 